In Florida Ag and Review for the week of November 15th, we received finalization for a long-dreaded EPA rule. Well, EPA's proposed numeric nutrient criteria is no longer just proposed as the agency has released a finalized version for Florida's waters. The rule has not changed much from what we saw in January. Given even the 22,000 comments that the agency received, we don't see much change in this rule as it's currently drafted. That's Stacey Braswell with the Florida Farm Bureau Federation, who is currently in the process of thoroughly reviewing the 168-page rule and says there is at least one bright spot as they were granted their request for a longer implementation period. We are grateful for the 15-month delay in implementation that EPA has put in this rule. Uh, They see the 15-month delay as an opportunity to work with stakeholders and the State Department of Environmental Protection on the details, including implementation, which we see as an important aspect of this rule. However, they still have concerns regarding the scientific basis of the rule as well as the economic impact that the standards will have on the state of Florida. EPA is currently estimating that the annual cost of this rule will only be between $135 million and $206 million. Recently, Intrex completed a study, and just for agriculture alone, the average annual compliance cost is going to be somewhere between $224 million and $1 billion. So, Um, We still believe that EPA has a lot of work to do on their economic impact, and we request they have an independent economic analysis done. And we also had an update on GYPSA with Randall Wiseman. Well, we reminded you earlier this week that the deadline for commenting on GYPSA's proposed change to the rule on livestock marketing is coming up November 22nd. And NCBA Vice President of Government Affairs, Colin Woodall, says it's extremely important for producers to get those comments in. Because we have to generate the volume and the outcry from the countryside. When you go and look at the comments that have already been submitted, there's about 16,000 already. About 75% of those are people who are for this rule. But they're not cattle producers. They're people from Chicago. They're people from Boston. They're people that activist groups like Food and Water Watch have gotten to submit comments on behalf of people like uh, uh, RCAF and and OCM. What we're trying to do is make sure that the producer's voice are actually getting heard. So if you're a producer out there and you have not filed your comments, get those done before the end of the comment period, which is midnight, November 22nd. If you need some help, call us or go to our website, beefusa.org, and you can see some sample comments. But we have to generate the volume to let USDA know that we're serious about being against this rule. And as we wrap up for this week, we hear about boiled peanuts from Everett Griner. Fall's a good time of the year, brings many good things. Cooler weather, harvest season, Halloween, and boiled peanut season. Oh, sure, you can buy boiled peanuts from roadside vendors all year, but to those of us who live in the peanut belt, fall is the season for boiled peanuts. Traditionally a southern delicacy, I've read that they found acceptance in New York City at bars and clubs for $5 a pint. There's only one recipe now. You put them in a pot of water, add a lot of salt, and boil them till the hull gets soft. Nutritionists tell us that peanuts are a fine health food. I don't think they mean boiled peanuts, but, well, they can't be as bad as some of the other stuff we eat. Salty? Yes. But now there are two things to keep in mind about boiled peanuts. You can't get them too salty, and you can't eat too many. And remember, you can find these stories along with all the week's Southeast Agnet reports on our website at southeastagnet.com. I'm Julie McPeak with Southeast Agnet's podcast.